0: Bring the light back into your life again, because remember, you too can rise above the ashes.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. Hi, I'm Harvey Robinson. I'm the master speaker, trainer, international speaker, and author of Speak Up, Get Client, and your host today for the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. Now, we're doing a little something different in the weeks ahead, and that is I am interviewing authors from the book, The Impact of One Voice, which is your voice, because your story, your message, and your voice matters. So the book is coming out at the end of July, beginning of August. So I am interviewing the authors. And today with me is Dr. Tom Amberson. And Dr. Tom Amberson is a clinical psychologist in private practice in Southern California. With over 35 years of helping individuals through life's valleys, as well as helping them uh, gain greater success in their business careers and personal lives. He earned his BA degree from Bethel College, St. Paul, Minnesota. And in Southern California, he obtained his master's degree from Roseby Graduate School of Professional Psychology and obtained his doctorate in psychology from Biola University. As part of his professional training, he did his APA approved internship at Jerry L. Petis Petis, Memorial Veterans Hospital in Loma Lunda, California. In 1987, he was selected as an outstanding young man of America in recognition for outstanding professional achievement, superior leadership ability, and exceptional service to the community. He currently is vice president of a local chapter of Christian Business Partners, which is a networking group, and he enjoys his family and friends, as well as his dog, Lucky, and cat, Taz. He has, in his spare time, he started Tommy's Lemonade, an organic fresh-squeezed lemonade business. Remember, when life gives you lemons, have a Tommy's Lemonade. So welcome, Dr. Tom Welcome, welcome, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I I look forward to this opportunity, RV, to to share my voice on the impact of One Voice.
1: Amen. Amen to that. So let's talk about your chapter, um, Out of the Ashes and Into the Light. So, first, and I've read your chapter. So, first, tell me a little bit about. You know, how did you come up with that idea? What is the premise for the chapter? And then we're gonna talk about impact. So how did you come up with it? What was your idea behind it? Tell us a little bit about your chapter and your story.
0: Well, as I was thinking about what to write on, uh, the title of the book caught me. Like, what what do I wanna say or, or write that will have an impact on people? And so I had several ideas. Uh, I thought about writing about my lemonade business, which I think would have made a great chapter two because that's a very interesting story. But I steered towards um, writing about depression because that is something that people do struggle with. And when you're in depression, you can feel really alone and not know what to do. So I wanted to write something that would give people hope because you can get through it and uh, overcome that. But sometimes when you're in the middle of it, it just feels like a fog and a marsh that you're stuck in. So I wanted to write something that could really make a difference in someone's mental health. The other thing that I wanted to share is people who are struggling with cancer, Mm -hmm. and I'm a cancer survivor, so I also wanted to give hope to those people who are cancer survivors and how to walk through that journey as well.
1: Beautiful. So, and we'll talk about both of those aspects, but right now, let's talk about depression because, as you said, there's a lot of people that have depression and they don't even know it, so tell us what some of the signs are, and some of them are very subtle, Tell us, and you wrote about them. Tell us a little bit about some of those subtle signs.
0: Well, depression is categorized into into two different categories. Uh, The one is called dysthymic disorder, and that's like a low-grade fever. That's sort of like uh, you don't feel real well. But you still function. You still go to work. You still do your day-to-day activities. You put a smile on your face, mm. but inside you may not be feeling the greatest. But to other people, you know, you can fake it. You can fake it. it until you make it. Yeah. You know? and uh, they may not even have a clue about what's going on. But inside, you know, you just don't feel quite like yourself. And it's just it's it's a subtle it's 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 I like to call it like a low grade fever. It's, it's not like uh, a major temperature, but it's, it's sort of like a minor temperature and, and you feel a, kind of lousy. So um, often when you're busy doing things, you feel better, but then when you're alone, it will hit you, it'll hit you. And the other category is major depression now, in major depression, you really can't function. You can't go to work. It's hard to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lose all interest um, in pretty much everything. Your hygiene may go downhill. You're maybe not showering as much. Your sex life, you have no interest in sex. Uh, you want to isolate. You just don't want to be around people because you do look depressed. And uh, that's that's a tough one. That's a, that's a tough one when major depression hits you.
1: So those are the two, basically. We're going to talk about what people can do. But what I love about your chapter is that you said, I think you said it this way. You said, I just didn't feel like it. So that's a sign for, you know, people that maybe are not, you know, don't think that they're kind of depressed. If you come to a point where you just, and I don't mean don't feel like doing Um, You know, things that you don't like to do. I'm talking about just like, don't feel like doing anything, right? You just don't feel like doing anything. You know, you don't feel like eating. You don't feel like showering. You don't feel like going to work, but you do. In some cases, you do all those things. But I think that is key for some people with that low grade fever. If you start to get where you can't, you just don't feel like it, maybe it's time to get some help. Now, I know you have helped million, you know, maybe not millions, but lots and lots of people as a doctor get over their depression. So could you give any insights as far as what people can do to kind of snap out of it or get out of it? Maybe some of it is medication and maybe some of it is just a change of scenery. So help us out. So those people that have either a low grade fever or a high grade fever, how would they get out of it? How can they start to heal?
0: That's a great question, but before I get to that, I just want to emphasize, I get a question a lot from individuals, and they'll say, well, what's the difference between sadness and a low-grade fever, depression, dysthymic disorder? Like, how do you know the difference? That's a good question. We all get sad. So the difference with with ordinary sadness is that's an ordinary emotion, and from day-to-day, something makes come across our path that that makes us kind of sad but the difference is that sadness may only last for a few hours or maybe a day or two and then you move on and it's it's not bothering you so much or it bothers you a lot less where, yes so that's ordinary sadness that it comes and goes and it doesn't stick around and you're back to yourself where with dysthymic disorder it's like, sort of like sadness that sticks around. It doesn't really go away. It, um, it's there. And after several weeks, it's still there. And that, that's the major difference between sadness and dysthymic disorder. It, it sticks around. It's like a, a monkey on your back that you wish, wish wasn't there, but it's, it's there no matter what you do. And you try to do things to brighten your mood, but it still is there. And, wow. and that's the major difference between them. Now, back to your question on, on what you can do to help you through this. <laughs> um, there, <clears throat> Probably the number one thing is there is always a person that specializes in helping people with depression. So if your car is broken, you can try to fix it yourself or you go to a good mechanic. (laughs) Right. Uh, If you wanna be a better speaker, there are speaker trainers out there like RV Robinson that show you how to uh, speak in public better. And there are also very good uh, therapists out there now what's the difference between a therapist and a psychologist a therapist may have little or no training and actually a coach may have little or no training but a psychologist um, has a doctorate degree Mm -hmm. and has gone to school for many years
1: many years
0: um, and trained um, extensively and gone to an internship so they've really had several years of training to help a person with depression to move them through it in, a, uh, in ways that are verified. And, and they're not just doing therapy by the seat of their pants.
1: Right, right. They're professionals like you. So tell me, though, in your chapter, you talk about you had this depression at an early age. Before you became a doctor, so how did becoming a doctor of psychology or a psychologist? I mean, how did that come about when you were already experiencing depression? Did you think that that was going to help solve it if you understood it better? Tell us a little bit about about that and why you became a psychologist.
0: You're, you're right. Um... <laughs> As a kid, a teenager, I did experience depression, not, not big depression, just this kind of low-grade fever. And I, I also grew up in a Christian home. And uh, sometimes when you grow up in a religious home, you think, well, everything's supposed to be okay, you know? <laughs> and, and I would sometimes think like, if I'm a Christian and a believer, like, why do I feel sad? And a lot of some of my friends who could care less about God seem to be having such a great time, you know?
1: (laughs) Fiction, right?
0: (laughs) That was kind of a dilemma for me that I didn't didn't have a good answer to. Right. And and, um, so that, that, um, and the depression I had in my youth, it wasn't like every single year of my youth it would it would come and go. It would right. it would come and go. So I would say that laid the groundwork for not the only reason, but one of the reasons I went into psychology. I knew, that I wanted to get into a people helping profession. I didn't wanna be behind a desk. I didn't wanna be in an office uh, or behind a computer, um, just doing paperwork or some administrator that was cut off from really helping people. So So I thought about being a chiropractor. I thought about being a medical doctor Um, and it, it all got narrowed down to make a long story short, uh, psychology. And uh, really, if you want to uh, accomplish what you do, you've got to, and be good at it. Um, and I wanted to be good at it. you got to get a doctorate in psychology. So, that's,
1: that's... so tell us a little bit about your cancer journey, which is the second half of your chapter. And tell us a little bit about that and about how, how you are today.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, depression sort of creeps up on you subtly.
1: Right. And, um, so does cancer, right?
0: <laughs> well, it can, it's it's inside of you, but you're not aware of it. Uh-huh. You know, you're not aware of it at all so much. And then you go to the doctor and then bam, it comes on like a sledgehammer, like a sudden diagnosis, you know? I, so I maybe that. you're not feeling well or something, but the last thought in your head is cancer. Yeah. So whereas depression is sort of this slow uh, fog that comes over you, can- a cancer diagnosis usually comes on suddenly out of the blue, out of left field, and you're left reeling. And uh, I, I never... I always saw myself sort of as invincible and in great health. I never thought I'd have cancer. So in 2019, uh I got the diagnosis. Um had yeah. surgery to remove it. And um thought I was cancer free. So I was like three and a half years out, and it it has resurfaced um of all places in my eye. Oh, in my right eye. So um, I'm dealing with that again, but I've learned so much more. I'm becoming an expert on <laughs> cancer stuff. So I'm changing my diet, changing my lifestyle, and I feel positive about it. And I feel I'm going to beat this. And um, so the cancer I have right now is a wait and see. It's not, it's not an emergency where it has to be treated immediately and by changing my diet and interesting your mental attitude affects your immune system. I want to emphasize that. So when a person is under a great deal of stress, their immune system is compromised and everyone has cancer in their body. And the only thing that prevents you from getting cancer is your immune system. So you want to, um, minimize stress as much as you can eat. Well, lower those toxins and um also individuals who have a faith also do to do better so you want to stack up all the categories as much as you can in your favor to help your body naturally fight this off instead of um you know chemo is a poison so it's sort of like they half want to kill you to to make you better.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Same with radiation. And you said something really important. I want everyone to hear this. You've done research right? So many people, they just accept, oh, I've got cancer. Okay, doctors do whatever. And I'm not saying Western, you know, medicine is is bad. It's not. It saves a lot of people's lives. But there are other alternatives or other ways that you can do it that are less harmful. And I think it's really important for everyone to take health into their own hands, do their own research, like what you did. And you found some things that are very Easy for all of us to do. Reduce stress, right? And all of you, you know, we all know how to reduce stress. I mean, get us, get a massage, you know, get maybe more help, um, take some work off, you know, some load off your work. Um, some people are just stress junkies, and they like to say yes to everything, and then they find themselves backed in a corner. But you said, you said, stress, food, uh, environment, toxins, um, diet. Things that a lot of us know about, but sometimes we just take our body for granted because it's just such a miraculous machine, and it just keeps going no matter what kind of gas we give it. But there comes to a point where we become clogged and diseased, right? Yes.
0: And one thing I didn't mention is is exercise. So ah. thirty minutes of exercise a day, and walking it qualifies as 30 minutes of exercise. It doesn't have to mean you go into the gym and lift, lift weights. weights or something like that. I mean, it could, that's good too, but just, it can be as easy as a 30 minute walk a day.
1: And walking your dog, right? And walking your walk dog. Your dog. Well, they yeah. need exercise too, to stay yeah. healthy. So walk your dog and uh, get some exercise and reduce, reduce what? What? And what do you, you want to say?
0: You have a You brought up an interesting point about pets because yeah. research shows when you have a pet, you live longer too.
1: There you have it. <laughs> there you have it. And I know you've rescued a dog named Lucky.
0: Rescued okay. a dog named Lucky. Rescued a cat named Taz.
1: Nice. So I think that gives you more endorphins too, just because you feel good about. About saving uh, some pets' lives.
0: And they give back to you, too, so much.
1: They give back. So, Dr. Tom Amberson, it is time for us to wrap this up. So how do people get a hold of you? If they want to read your chapter and want to know more, want to reach out to you, how do they do that?
0: The best way would be to email me at uh, Tamber, T-A-M-B-E-R 1255 at iCloud.com. That's Tamber, T-A-M-B-E-R 1255 at iCloud.com. And I'll respond to every email that comes through.
1: Beautiful. Now, what last words would you like to leave our audience? What last words of impact? would your voice like to share?
0: Well, if I have touched a cord within you and you feel you need someone to walk you alongside your journey, it truly would be a joy to lighten your load and bring the light back into your life again, because remember, you too can rise above the ashes. Thank you.
1: Well said. Bravo. All right. That wraps up our show today. So again, thank you all for listening. And we'll be back next week with another interview for The Impact of One Voice. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast.